After you get where you're going, take off your shoes and your socks. Then you walk around on the rug barefoot and make fists with your toes. Fists with your toes? <laughs> I know, I know, it sounds crazy. Trust me, I've been doing it for nine years. Yes, sir, better than a shower and a hot cup of coffee. <laughs> We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Envision in your mind a fat guy running across the house to try to get two AA batteries. And he eats a freaking crunch bar, so suck it, Sam and Andrew. We're exposing my children to uh, South Korean filmmaking. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Das große Gut. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And that's I actually figured I'd go, no, go in, in, in the vein of, uh, of our boys from Germany in this movie. And that's super appropriate because you, uh, just like the actors in this movie, aren't German. Yeah, so, yeah. true. <laughs> that's, He's actually from the hood. Sam? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's I, a lot I, about I, Sam I you am, don't know, but I am writing his biography. Just I so am know. a mean M effer. I mean, That's I right. uh I can really just uh mess you up with my mean rhymes and 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 my guns. Well, he has been known to bust a cap. Yeah. Once or twice. I bust I bust caps, but knee caps that is, but, uh, yeah, well, yeah, story. yeah. And that's been my own, your own basically, basically so, and yeah. ankles and other things. Okay. And ankles. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> is episode 373. <laughs> and, uh, it feels like it's been a while since I've talked to you guys, but then I realized it has been, it's been two weeks. So yeah, two weeks. Um, it's been a little bit. Yeah. I was on last week. Uh, we had a really, really great episode last week with the music of star Wars and it was awesome. If you have not listened to that, you really need to check it out. It's so good, especially since I finally uploaded the correct file and therefore it will be uh, a much more enjoyable experience for you. How many people downloaded the wrong thing? This is my question. Do you know? I don't know, but I do know that I got, um, several messages on Twitter saying, Hey, um, there's no music, but you guys are talking about it. So I assume that there's <laughs> supposed to be music and I'm like, Oh yeah. I started to come on tonight and, and actually have something for you and say, Hey, listen to this. And then just have silence. Nice. But <laughs> you tried to go tied against it. Yeah. I took the high road. <laughs> all right. Well, that's very nice. You did Andrew. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, this is episode 373, and tonight we're talking about Die Hard. This is our first movie in our non-Christmas, Christmas movie, um, not marathon, but anthology. That's the word I'm going to use. It's not yeah. right, but I'm going to use it. And I'm really excited about this, this category because I think it's a pretty uh, eclectic uh, grouping of movies that all have kind of the shared in this, the same space of uh, is it a, a Christmas movie or is it not? Um, I'm not necessarily here or we're not really here to make that argument either for or against it. Either you believe it or you don't. I don't think we're here to change your mind. Uh, I'm just We're just here to talk about Die Hard. And yes, if you have been listening for 
uh, as a long time, if you're an avid listener to the podcast, you're going to say to yourself, didn't you guys already do Die Hard? And yes, that was episode 77, but it was just me and a guest, Stephen, and I thought that it would be perfectly acceptable to review it again with Sam and Andrew and our new guest tonight, who I will introduce in just a second, who has been waiting very patiently in the corner. <laughs> so... This is episode 373, Die Hard, which I already said. I am Sean Ard, which I have not said. And joining me tonight is Andrew has a naked calendar in his attic, Jemison. Sean. Yeah. Bubby. <laughs> I am your white knight. Yeah. And yes, I do have calendars in my attic. Nice. <laughs> I would expect nothing less from you. Uh, Sam... What was the purpose of that RV anyway, Vector? Oh, he's gone. He's already, we're we're five minutes into the podcast and he has already crashed. This is this is amazing. This is podcasting oh, at he's, his best. He's gone, gone. So so oh. my my <laughs> remote died. It wasn't just that it turned off after inactivity. The batteries were dead. Nice. So you just, you know, and you, if, if you can envision in your mind a fat guy running across the house to try to get two AA batteries <laughs> tripping on a set of clippers that are left on the floor from when we put up the tree and um, stumbling into the kitchen to find it. That was that was just what happened in our our household. Wait so, a minute. Wait a minute. I don't want to get I do. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole. But does that do you mean there's a live tree in your house right now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes <there is. laughs> Oh. I, you you know I lose that battle every year. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't win that battle. I've tried. I've I even bought her a a artificial tree with the twinkly lights. Right, you can program it from your phone. It's like a four hundred dollar tree. Yeah, and she still wants a live one. Sure. So no, yeah, you got it. Yeah. I yep. Get. I carried that sucker in the other day. Good for so. you. And joining yeah. us tonight, making his uh, cheap seat reviews debut, is Chris. They brought a hacker to work a drill. From the Geek Peak Podcast. What is up, gentlemen? Hey, man. I am so <laughs> stoked to be on here, and I am very excited to talk about this film. And uh, I, I let these three in on a little secret. I didn't want to admit it, but I had never seen this film before. I thought I had, <laughs> but I had never seen this movie. And it's... Spoilers. It's awesome. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> and it's a hundred percent a Christmas movie. Yeah. How are you gonna how are you gonna say it's not a Christmas movie? They start off with a Christmas rap song. December twenty fourth is in the lyrics. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean it's got all the trappings of a Christmas movie. I mean yeah. it's it's not that far away from a um a uh, a Hallmark movie, honestly. You know, you got the yeah. the lady in the big city and the guy who's the fish out of water and he has to come to the place and they they reconnect and they fall in love again and and yeah, it's, and he it's really, romantic. He really is Not romantic. Quite lifetime, but but Hallmark, yeah. Well, if Lifetime, yeah. well, I guess it is kind of more Lifetime because it is kind of his fault that he's he is estranged. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I I think this is fair to say that this is uh, this is you know this is what li- Hallmark would have been doing in 1989. Or 19, this yeah. is my this is my favorite Hallmark movie I've ever seen. For yeah, sure. no, it's, you're yeah, not, so it's, so not only is it a Christmas movie, it's a Hallmark. It's a romantic comedy <laughs> as well. Oh, my wife would be yeah. so pissed if she heard this right now. I'm just, <laughs> you know, you brought up the uh, 
you brought up the uh, Christmas wrap. I had no idea that Run DMC uh, did this, and so I had to look it up. Uh, Christmas in the Hollis. So, if you <laughs> if you want to look this song up, it's a gem. I don't know why they don't play it on radio at Christmas time, but they should for sure. They should, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're shadow banning one of the best Christmas songs that has ever been made. <laughs> it's 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 right? glorious. Um, no, yeah, Chris says spoiler alert. This movie's awesome. I don't think you're spoiling anything for a you know thirty year old movie or whatever this is. Um, but Andrew, did did we mention also this, this was kind of like your first time, right? I am thirty seven years old. Yeah, and I have never seen Die Hard. Until wow. now, until yesterday, actually, I watched it yesterday. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how I've gone this long, and, and I've seen pretty much every other action movie ever, but <laughs> this one escaped me somehow. Yeah. So. Yeah. So no, I have to ask the, the two diehard virgins here, um, or were you know non virgins anymore? But had you seen parts of it at least? Right, the iconic parts. Uh, no, I hadn't seen any of it. Oh my god! I mean, other than like in gifs or in uh, memes or whatever, that's about it. Yeah, that's like so many memes. Yeah. So many memes. Like definitely the scene where Bruce Willis is crawling through the vents. Yeah, and you know, yeah. obviously the uh, the finale with uh, my dude. I know him as Professor Snape, but Alan Rickman. Oh yeah. Oh sure, yeah. You know, like that. I was like, I, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's sitting on his chair, like pointing with a yeah, yeah. glass of whiskey. Yeah. Like, I felt like that guy. I felt like that, uh, you know, <laughs> meme as I was watching this. I was like, oh, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, the because one of the meme, uh, one I see a lot is like when Bruce Willis is standing there and there's a hole in the window and he screams, welcome to the party, pal. Like, that one gets used a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a couple other ones that get used a lot. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. This movie does have a, a, a good a good amount of memes and uh, and and very quotable. I mean, the biggest quote of the movie, obviously, is "Yippee ki yay, mother effort." Yeah, um, that's the that's the big one. But that's that's just interesting um, to see. And 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 as I'm recording this, um, I'm kind of back and forth with my our good friend of the show Jesse on Twitter. Yes, I'm calling him out again. Uh, he he posted that he hadn't seen this movie. I'm giving him a little bit of grief on Twitter, but hey, you know what? It, if you haven't seen every movie, I get it. It's not a big deal. I just like to uh, to to give him shit because he gave me shit for having not seen Highlander. So does that does that make him a Mister Falcon? <laughs> wow, that's a callback. Uh, yeah, no, he no. okay. Yeah, no I just one... want to throw it out there, Jesse. Just. Go ahead and open yourself up to this because it's seriously that good. <laughs> Everybody who says it's good, yeah, it's it's actually that good. Definitely, definitely take the plunge. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason not to, other than just to spite no. me, which I think uh, um, is, I would have done. It's something definitely Sam would, would do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we really have to sell Jesse on this. I just think it's simply one of those things that just he hasn't watched it for the reasons I haven't watched The Godfather. It's just I haven't. No reason other than. I just have it. So, yes, uh, feel free to send me your hate tweets or whatever. You haven't seen The Godfather? No, I haven't. So, there it is. We all have our list of shame. It is. You just don't like Italians. I get it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. I am Irish. Mm -hmm. So, 
I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> it just sounded like the right thing to say. Sure. But I'm sure it wasn't. Laughs Andrew, in pasta. Andrew, please tell the listening audience, because there are people that I haven't seen this movie. So what is Die Hard? An NYPD officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Yeah, I had to pause on that. Nakatomi caught me off guard there. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much Die Hard. So I was in a trivia game last night, and literally Nakatomi Plaza was an answer to one of the trivia questions. And I was like, nice. you've got to be kidding me. This it was, it was like, you know, the planets aligned. And I was like, ah, I know it. It would, have, it would only have been better if um, it, like, that was the answer that won you the game. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it comes down to this. What is the name of the plaza where Bruce Willis fights in Die Hard? And you're like, it's the Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> you're facing off against a German player. <laughs> yeah. Who's actually not German. He's actually British. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, none of the bad guys. I think, like, three of the 11 bad guys or 13 bad guys are German. Um, yeah, like Carl, the big, long, blonde-haired, like he looks German, like he's not at all. Um, no. He just knows. He just knows. He just Swedish knows. or something, maybe. I don't know. He was in. He's more uh, Swedish than Austrian. His name, his real name's Fabio, right? Yeah. And thank you. Oh my God, yeah. thank you. He's in also, my notes, uh, I had him written down as Fabio. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's also in. Uh, he's also Amish. Uh, what was that movie? Witness, right? That we did, we watched with uh, Harrison oh, yeah. Ford. He's in that too. I thought you were serious for a minute. I was like, really? I don't think Amish folk would. I did say Amish folk. Yeah, no. Yeah, they, you know, the first they, popular Amish actor. Yeah, you know, they use guns and all the other stuff that Amish folk are known for. Uh, all right, so Die Hard, 1988's Die Hard, directed by John McTiernan. This is. Gosh, how many of McTiernan's movies have we done now? Um, uh, several, right? So we, yeah, yeah. Let's see, we've yeah, done... Last Action Hero. Last right. Action did Hero. We did we? 13th Warrior. We did 13th Warrior. Oh, now we're getting to the point where I don't remember what we've done. Shit. We did the Thomas Crown Affair. I know that. Yeah. Uh, we did the Hunt for Red October. That was like our third episode ever. It's got to be his best one, right? Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, is this a debate we could have real quick? I don't know. Off the top of your head. Careful. Which is, Sam your... is a master debater. Yeah, what he is. What is your favorite <laughs> Jedi master debater? Master debater. No innuendo there. No. No, none at all. No, yeah. Feel none free to throw in a good dick joke every now and then. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? So his first film is something called Nomads, which I've never heard of. So you have Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, Medicine Man, Last Action Hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Thomas Crown Affair, 13th Warrior, Rollerball, Basic. And he is now in pre-production of something called Tau Seti 4. Which I think he was in pre-production the last time we did a movie with him. Okay. Um, I know nothing about it. Oh, a group of rebels set out to kill the oligarchs and military thugs who terrorize a war-torn planet in the remote Tau Seti solar system. It has Uma Thurman and Travis Fimmel. Famel. There you go. Anyway, so which one do you guys yeah. think? Which what do, you, what do you guys say is your is uh, is your favorite? Let's just do favorite instead of saying best. Which is your favorite? 
Hunt would be mine. Yeah, for Hunt sure. for Rock, Okay, Andrew. I yeah. I agree. Yeah, Chris. I mean, Die Hard is. I mean, obviously, is is way up there. Um, but in terms oh, of qual- total quality of movie, Hunt by far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think The Hunt for Red October is definitely the best film, but personal favorite, it's got to be Predator for me personally. Okay. I love a good action sci-fi, <laughs> and I had no idea that he also did, you know, Predator and Die Hard, so yeah. I I'm a I'm a big fan. Hunt for Red October is a Tom Clancy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do love a good Tom Clancy uh yeah. movie adaptation, so uh, you know, he has a, he has a great eye for action. I mean, yes, it, yeah, he you, does. You got to give him that. I mean, especially the '80s style action. Holy crap! Well, he can, he can also stuff. really tell a story. He can tell a really. Yeah. I mean, not like none of his movies are complicated. They're all pretty simple, but but he can tell it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all look great, and they all they all sound great. I mean, it it's a it's a good vision. To answer my question, I actually think. As far as the whole movie from front to end, I think Medicine Man is probably like the best looking, best shot, best story, best acted. Hmm. You know, like you know I'm saying, but it's not my favorite. My favorite's Die Hard. Um, yeah, but I also, I mean, well, would, like, I, I I'm with you there. I'd rather watch Die Hard than Hunt, only because Hunt is is just it's different. It's a different type of movie. Uh, Die Hard is a yeah, diehards, you know, get a drink, sit back, you know, come to the coast, have a few laughs. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's it's so fun. It's just a fun movie. Well, the other good thing about the the the, the fun part about Die Hard specifically is like it's a movie where like let's say you're at the house by yourself, Sam, and you're yep. you know, you're like, you know what, I just in the mood for an action flick to put on while you work on you know, your, your Etsy stuff. Like it's an, it's okay to miss yeah. stuff. Whereas like with Hunt, you kind of feel like you have to really pay attention. <laughs> Even though there's a lot of stakes. Yeah. 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 Well, and there's a lot of like, there's just a lot of, you know, the audience has to figure some stuff out too. Like, like I think that movie requires the audience to kind of participate along with the movie. You know, like as you're, you're watching Jack Ryan figure things out, you're like, Okay, I wonder who is the other bad guy. Is it? Is, you know, oh, it's it's the cook. You know, like like and he's and so anyway. Spoiler, I guess for a again thirty year old movie. But yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it, Sean. What no, the heck? I'm sorry. <laughs> Even though you just said it was one of your favorites. Uh, yeah. No, I love Hunt. I mean, if I were to the ones that I've seen, I've seen most of them. I would probably do probably Die Hard One, Hunt, uh, Die Hard Three, Thirteenth Warrior. Predator. Last Action Hero is going to be, and then Last Action Hero. That's the other one I haven't seen. By the way, I believe Last Action was just added to Netflix. It might be something to put on the list. Is I thought we did it. Did we not? <laughs> I don't think we did Last Action. Maybe we tried. Was it last to. Action or Eraser? I mean, there there's a whole bunch of stuff right oh, yeah, there we did around it. that time. Yeah, we totally we already did, did it. it. Yeah, episode oh sixty-seven. <laughs> well, that's why. Yeah, you know, it's like eight years ago. So. For yeah. sure. No, and we did Eraser, but that's not a McTiernan film. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, a McTiernan film. I know. That was a fun... That's just crazy that he goes from 2003 was his last film to now he's working on this new thing. I mean, that's a long time to take off. 
yeah. of, of, of cocaine's cool. a hell of a drug of directing. <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick question for y'all. And Sean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, what would be the must watch of uh, McTiernan's works outside of Predator and Die Hard? Because those are in, in Hunt. Those are the three that I've seen. I actually haven't seen any of his other movies. I mean, I, I've seen Die I think I've seen Die Hard with a Vengeance, but you know, God forbid I'll watch it and be like, I've never seen this movie either. <laughs> well, it's it's the one with Sam Jackson, and it's um it's as close to a buddy cop as this kind of movie can be. I mean, it's not lethal weapon, that's straight buddy cop. Like there's slapstick in that, slap stick in that. Um but if you're looking for something a little different, though, you know, again, well acted, kind of a fun story. I think the Thirteenth Warrior is really underrated and really good. Yeah. Um, Antonio Banderas. That's with Antonio Banderas, right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's also based on a Michael Crichton book. And yep. Ooh, I love, I love me some Michael Crichton. Yeah, it's huge, it's huge a Michael cool Crichton thing. Uh, so the Michael Crichton book. The Thirteenth Warrior uh, is a is a think of it as a after action report of someone that was there, based on the poem Beowulf by you know the the Beowulf story. So like if if the Beowulf story were a real event, and someone was there and they wrote a story to their superiors telling the story of Beowulf, that's what this movie mm-hmm. is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I'm sold. I'm yep. watching it. Yeah. I'm going to report back in. I'm going to tweet at you and be like, 13th Warrior, <laughs> new favorite action film. Let's it's, go. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, for Antonio Banderas, like, legit. Like, I mean, I like Antonio Banderas. He hasn't done a lot of movies that I've seen. Like, the Mask of Zorro movie is really good, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of some other movies that he's done that I've seen. Uh, Antonio Banderas. The Mexican? Or uh, what is that one we watched uh, with Selma Hayek and he was the El Mariachi? Was oh, that? yeah, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Desperado. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, right? Desperado? Mm, Isn't that what it is? Desperado? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my favorite of his. Once but Upon a Time in Mexico. That's the that's, that's the, the sequel that's to that, That's the sequel to it with Johnny Depp. Um, oh, okay. Not as good. It's a little weirder. Um, But... But it's all right. But I think that if you're going to do uh, Antonio Banderas, I, I I like the Thirteenth Warrior, and I like him in it. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um. So, Sam, why don't you go ahead and do your five word review? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> because I think it would be a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> um. Sure. Yeah. Hold on. Um. Let me pull it up here. I've got two of them here. Um. And the. First one is McLean's one unlucky lucky bastard. <laughs> That's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. Right. Um, but the the one that that I enjoy is the so fun, so violent, perfect. Nice. Okay. Right. And yeah. it's 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 a movie. Turn off your brain. Number one. Turn off your brain. You'll feel much better. Yeah. Um, but that's part of the the best part of this, right? It's it's. It's a an homage, a, a a glorification of the everyman. You know, certainly he's a cop, and certainly uh, you know he's got some skills in that area. But there's no superpowers to him. There's no, you know, 
lucky shots. It's he, he gets he gets brutalized throughout this whole entire movie because he's human. And I think we all relate to that. And, yeah. you know, coming during a time of movies where, you know, the one punch movies, you know, where you punch a guy, they're they're knocked out, um, especially during this time. I think Die Hard was a breath of fresh air that showed us that, uh, uh, you know, that any person could be a hero in given the, the right circumstances. And if you look at this movie, um, the, uh, the, the Hans Gruber, of course, is obviously the villain. He's super smart. So he's got kind of like that super villain to him, but all the other average everyday Joes are the heroes of this movie. You've got, uh, Carl out there uh, as the, the beat cop, you know, and, and the, the idiot supervisors that come in and wreck everything else. Um, who are supposed to be in charge and supposed to be the smartest people in the room end up being the idiots in the room. Yeah. So it's just, it really is a, a fantastic, um, just a fantastic glorification of, of what, uh, what the everyman can do. And, and I really appreciate it. I kind of really tried to train it in this time around, um, on that. And, uh, I, I had a blast. Awesome. Yeah, I one of my notes that I took towards the end of the mo- of, of the movie was that you don't really think about it until, especially until you watch it for a you know like what we do, is that not only is Hans Gruber the main bad guy, but this movie has like bad guy adjacent characters. You know, like the <laughs> FBI guys suck, right? They're assholes. Yes. Oh, it's not the, Big it's, Johnson, yeah, <laughs> and Little Johnson. Well, they don't say that. <laughs> that's um, their, it's just like that's their credited name. Oh. Or no, it's just like Saigon. Yeah, he said it's just like Saigon, and then the other guy said, I was in junior high, dickhead. The funny part about that line is that those <laughs> actors are only him. like four years apart in age. But that's because oh, the white guy looks so old because of his his skin, <laughs> and the black guy looks really young that you can get away with the line. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, those guys sucked. You know, they're like, uh, how many, you know, how many hostages you think are going to die? Ah, twenty five percent. I'm, I can live with that. It's like, you guys are terrible. Um, that would never happen in real life. But no, well, no, no, but it's, no. You, you know, you do have to turn your brain off, like you said, and suspend belief, and and you know, put some of that stuff aside. But even the limo driver ends up being a hero <laughs> yeah. in this movie, right? So I mean, it's it really is. So yeah, so like, know, there's like three for all of us, you know, couch potatoes. There's like four heroes in this movie, right? You have John, yeah. you have Holly, you've got Carl, and then you've got, uh, um, oh gosh, how can I forget the driver's name? Um, Argyle. 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 Yeah. Argyle. There you go. And then everyone else sucks. <laughs> everyone else like i feel bad for the swat yep. guys they're attacking the building but i mean did the movie really have to show him running through the <laughs> the the rose bushes and get a thorn and go ow <laughs> yeah I, I i did a double take at that scene because i thought did we really just witness this guy get pricked by a rose bush? yeah <laughs> i don't i don't know if this is if this is the director making fun of people from LA, you know, because yeah. multiple John times John McClane goes, Ugh, people from LA, like or LA or whatever he says, you know, like the guy kisses yeah. him at the party and the the people at the airport, like like he hates everything <laughs> about LA, right? He just hates it all. And 
<laughs> and we, we show the SWAT guys just getting pricked by flowers. I mean, it's just so funny. It's just, this movie hates people from L.A., except Carl, who's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. John getting a kiss from the guy at the party, and he's like, F in California. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so good. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's great. Uh, Andrew, what's your five-word review? Well, I have two. Best Christmas story ever told. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, my my pastor might disagree. I was getting ready to say something like that. I'm right there with you. (laughs) I'll bring that up. uh, I was hoping one of you would say that. Yeah, I'll bring that up at Sunday church. Such a terrible person. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, my second one is a quaint little family film. Family. You know, I I don't think I've ever seen an, another Christmas movie with as many boobs in it, uh, or yeah? the, the F word, uh, which yeah. you know. Anyway, like Chris said, the Christmas rap like won me over. Uh, <laughs> everything about this movie I loved, just everything. Right. That was that was back in the days. You could you could take a gun on an airplane and just say it's fine. I'm a cop. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and people would be like, Yeah, all right, that guy's a cop. Of course. He's fine. Uh, don't worry about him. The mu- <laughs> the music, like <laughs> the score. It it's the same thing. I mean, you got your bad guy theme, which is Beethoven's Ninth Symphony in minor, which <laughs> I kind of was digging it. Yeah. And I it did get a little old after a while, but I still liked it the whole way. Um. I've always there was a, there was a scene where one of the like henchman thug guys uh, slides down a stair rail like he gets his hands <laughs> oh and feet God. on the rail. I've always wanted to do that. Like I was I saw that and I was like God, he's such a lucky guy just to get to do that. So <laughs> Andrew's hitting literally everything that I would talk about right now. Like, like that stair scene, I was like, oh, that guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean th- there are there are things in this that we, we talked about, like that the C4 is I mean, we all know C4 is an explosive, but my God, you oh, level wow. a city street with the m- amount of C4 that what we assumed was going to, I mean, one little block of C4. I don't, maybe it's that powerful. I don't know. I don't, I don't play with it on a regular basis, but (laughs) (laughs) like, I thought, well, don't forget in the eighties, everything was constructed with explodium. Yeah. So you, all you have to do is, uh, (laughs) yeah. 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 Uh, the Sam, you mentioned the police chief. He's (laughs) a typical eighties trope, right? He's, He's the, the, the typical 80s adult in charge. You know, I, I think yeah. about the parents from Ferris Bueller or, uh, you know, I- any adult from an 80s movie. Yeah, really any adult from stupid. any John Hughes movie, yeah. Yeah, uh, and yep. makes completely wrong decisions. Um, yeah, I just everything, I loved it. Um, <laughs> I did find a few things that were wrong yeah. with the movie. Or a few little things that bothered me. Little nitpicks. That's okay. One of them, yeah. One of them happened at the very beginning. We're in the scene. We're in the limo. Uh, Argyle picks him up, and I don't know if you noticed the sound when they're having this conversation, but Argyle's talking, 
and it's like they recorded this in a bathroom somewhere. Mm. But it's not mm-hmm. it's not in that limo because yeah. it's very echoey. It almost sounds like they're in a warehouse. It's very echoey, it's very boomy. Uh yeah. and then it cuts to another scene and the and the sound's fixed. But that was one thing that immediately got my attention. Um we've already mentioned these people aren't German. And as much as I love Alan Rickman, like I I'm an Alan Rickman fan, like oh, Sheriff from Nottingham, Professor Snape, like he's been dude. I I like Alan Rickman. But his German accent is like Kevin Costner trying to do a British accent. <laughs> well, remember he's from, he was from East Germany. Wasn't that what it was? They said he was, he was East German. And even Hunt, or uh, Rickman himself basically said, I was just going for a generic European accent. Generic. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know the the only flaw, you talk about a little bit of a flaw. The only flaw I saw was at the very end and it was only because the limo comes flying out of the garage, right? And, oh, and yeah. like which would have been up, shot they, up completely. Right? Yeah, and and they just let him go. They're like, "Eh, we don't need witnesses. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to process anybody here. Just go on home. You're yeah. just fine." But you know if a car came speeding at the cops like that, oh god, and yeah, they had yeah. just gotten done with all these terrorists. They would have, that would have been Swiss cheese. That car would have been filled with bullet holes. Yeah. Well, the, I yep. mean, the the camera only shows us, you know, John telling Carl, like, oh, no, it's it's good. And, you know, because he's the only one that, but like, it's kind of sad. It's like he was the only cop that readied a weapon. You know, say like yeah. all the other cops were like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They were just smoke. trigger happy by that point. You know, he had just killed a bad guy he was looking for more he the adrenaline was pumping <laughs> adrenaline was he was gone. ready to put down some more uh some more bad guys some more bad guys the only other thing that bothered me I'm, and i'll i'll move <laughs> on here there was one scene he, uh mclean's in the conference room and he's like hiding under the table and stuff and he's try, trying to figure out exactly what's happening and they shoot the dude in the head and his blood spatters splatters on the window and then he moves there's no way that like they all come storming out like they hear him from with the doors closed in a separate room, like 40 feet away. He doesn't make that much noise and they all start looking for him like like there's 20 people in the room next to him. So, uh, you know, little <laughs> things like that bother me. But overall, this is still a very good movie. I did enjoy it and I can't believe it took me this long to finally watch Die Hard. <laughs> nice. So you could take it off your list of shame because yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is something I would have forced you to sit down and watch this thing just as Definitely. much as I think Sean would as well. So, yeah. yeah, if I'd have yeah. known this when we lived together in college, I would have made you watch this a long time ago because I this is a movie that I had on VHS and DVD. I don't own it yeah. on Blu-ray, which is actually kind of remarkable, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is annoying because I had to watch it on IMDb TV, so I had to watch it with commercials. I did yeah, too. I did too. Same here. Yeah, it's the only way to watch it, and that's I mean, well, and we're cheap. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, yeah, and I need I need a I need a, a medium like that so I can record clips. Um, so, though, in fairness, some of the clips that I had were from the first time we did this movie, so <laughs> um, I didn't have to pull nearly as many as I normally did, but I still I did. I noticed that this is, you I know, mean, I've seen this movie several times. I did notice in one of the fight scenes that John McClane has with the, the long haired blonde guy yeah. earlier before, before the chains and all that sort of stuff. Um, his sounds as he's getting hit 
are the worst sound effect <laughs> ever in this movie. Because he's like, eh, eh. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if you got that or not. I might have to go look it up, but it is, it's horrendous. It's really bad. I didn't get any of that. I do like that John is constantly just saying, I'm going to effing kill you, and then I'm going to I'm gonna eat your brain, and then I'm going to, you know, like he, like the trash talking he's doing while the fighting is going on is the most ridiculous thing ever, but it's still kind of funny, so I don't really care. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you have a five-word review? Oh, yeah, sorry. I do. Um so I have two, like Andrew. Um, my first one is this movie is so 80s <laughs> yeah. in the best yeah. way. Like yeah. I I had a blast watching this movie. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the 80s were, don't get me wrong, I love modern movies, but the 80s were like the golden age of action films. Um, <laughs> just all of the action in here. And, you know, when you go into this movie with the healthy suspension of disbelief you will have the most fun watching this um <laughs> as someone who watched it for the first time i'm just like yes all of this every single part um my second five word review is john mcclain will not die yeah well yeah they <laughs> and, gotta make four more movies and, yeah, and like you said fun. it's it's not because he's a superhero it's like that the one scene that always sticks out to me or sticks out to me for the first time i should say is when he's in the vents and Fabio has got his uh, like og that he's pointing up and he's sh- like he's like bumping it up against the the vents and John's got his pistol just aimed at this guy's head and I was like is this is he about to just execute this man because <laughs> I'm here for it and he didn't but I was like that is so cool uh, such a small detail. So good. Loved it. Well, it, it goes yeah, to, you know, and that's, that's, that's one of the tropes that drives me crazy only because I used to build things, build buildings and, and large, large, large buildings. And in no way, shape or form can a human go through ducks and not pull the whole dang thing down. Yeah. It's just, they're just impossible up by or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. If it depends, now, it depends on the, uh, the duct system, you know, like those big air in, like the big intakes, you know, cause I've, I've had to work and do, do ceiling work before too, like hanging speakers and like, like that stuff you're talking about, Sam, in the, in this movie particularly, you're right. I don't, I don't touch that stuff, but like, yeah. like the, the big, the big wide, like intakes, you know, I can have a picnic on because those things are, you know, basically it's not rebar, it's um threaded rod to the ceiling. Um, like yeah. that can, that can hold a lot of weight. But it's the same thing that movies do. I mean, like one of my favorite movies of all time is Sneakers, and you got Robert Redford crawling around on top of drop ceiling like it's damn yeah. hardwood floor. And it's like <laughs> like I'm trying to put the tile back in and it breaks in half, you know? And like I'm yeah. I'm treating it, yeah, it uh, like it's a you know, an egg and they break. So that's eh, you know, again. But that's that's just movie magic, you know, but but it is something that I find hard. To, to remember, every time I see it, it's something I notice. Remember, Sam, this is the same director that told us that he hoped we wouldn't notice that when Pierce Brosnan puts the painting inside the suitcase and crushes <laughs> it in half, and then when he reopens it and, re- and hangs on the wall, that the painting is perfect. perfect. He, yeah. he hoped that you wouldn't notice that. It's the same guy. 
So yep. just mm. I'm just saying. Question question for y'all. Is this like the first movie to do the crawling through the ventilation shafts trope, or is this, you know, tried and it's true? It's definitely the most famous. Most yeah, I'm trying to think of I mean Jurassic Park did it in the nineties. Um but it wasn't it wasn't the ventilation, it was just above the ceiling. Um God, what other movies was there? There's got to be so this something is, else. This is '88, so this might be the you know the forerunner of uh, one of the most <laughs> famous sneak sneak attacks in film. I I feel like it mean, might be famous. I think that's probably the better word. Like you said, I think it's probably the most famous or most widely known. I'm sure that people are listening, going, "Oh no, no, there's a lot of times where such and such was doing that in such and such." Like I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but and I'm not gonna Google that but yeah i don't know um it's a trope and it's fine and sam's not oh, wrong. breakfast club oh breakfast oh, club sure, Bender, yeah. uh escapes the broom closet through the school's air duct system nice yeah so i'm not sure if that's before this or not but they use it in squid go. game yeah but she's like a 90 pound girl so i think there's a big difference between uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, yoked, yoked John McClane, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, uh, he's probably only about a buck, you know, fifty or whatever. But still, um, to and and I think to that scene specifically goes back to Andrew's point where he is very lucky because you oh, know gosh. a bullet hole six inches farther down, and if you know if uh, well, this movie kind of had two Fabios, right? Because you had you had blonde. Well, they're brothers, right? Well, no. So the the brothers was the short haired blonde in the sweatpants suit, right? Sweatpants and sweatshirt. That was the first guy that John kills. But then there's the other guy with the really sweet hair who was hanging around with Carl with the blonde hair, the Amish guy. And so like he's the one that's like, "Hey, here comes a cop. We have to go." And that's why they don't have the showdown inside the vent. But yeah, Andrew's mm-hmm. point. He's very lucky. But you're not wrong. They both look like. Um, well, you have like blonde Fabio, and then you've got like brunette Fabio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so my five. You did you did you did your two right, right, Chris? Yes. All right, awesome. I did two also, but one of them is only four words, so I'm giving Andrew. Are you, a little... are you taking some? No, no. I'm. It's only four, so I'm giving oh, I'm giving okay. Andrew credit for the future because usually Andrew does like a one, you know, a six or a seven sometimes. Yeah, both mine were five this time. Yeah, I'm I'm proud. <laughs> uh, my first one so, no. is um, a genre defining film. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Most certainly. This this is a movie that created a genre to the point that you can there are there are TV shows where you go, oh, this is the Die Hard episode. You know, yep. or, you know, there's an episode of in Star Trek where it's like, oh, all the crews disappeared and it's down to one guy and they have to save the day. It's like, oh, this is the Die Hard episode. You know, um, there's a TV show, one of my favorite shows called Leverage. Um, they 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 do the Die Hard trope so so um, effectively that the guy even says yippee ki yay, mother, and then they cut to him saying found it. Um, and they actually do, <laughs> they do the part on the radio where he's radioing out to the cops outside to stall them so that they can escape. Um, anyway, it's a great, it's a really great moment. Uh, my second five word is a perfect Christmas action movie. Uh, okay. There you go. So I just added Christmas in there. 
I mean, it's not a family-friendly movie. No, it's chance, not. But, it's not. You know. Though I'm yeah. pretty sure the well, first time I watched family. this was with my dad. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. And I would have been a probably 13 or so when I watched it with him for the first time. Yeah, I don't think I ever watched this until college. It was one of those movies my parents would not let me see. You know, yeah. I've I've taught high school for 14 years, and, and uh, this is the first year, well, second year, but uh, first year in a long time that I've worked with middle schoolers again. I, I don't think family-friendly film means the same things it used to. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> Dude, Chris, have you seen... Chris, have you seen say, Squid I'm a bit Game? younger than you guys, and I'm like sitting here thinking to myself, I can't wait to show my kids this movie. <laughs> How old are your kids? I don't have any yet. Oh, I'm okay. I got 28 right now. Oh, but okay. when I do okay. have kids, they, they'll see this one for sure. Right on. uh, I was really hoping you were going to be like, oh, they're four and five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was expecting, honestly. Um, no, so you. Have any, have any of, I can't remember, guys. I know Andrew and Sam, we've chatted. Have we, have we all seen Squid Game? I haven't. I have. I have. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to spoil anything about this. This is not what this is for. Just to, to say that when you said, you know, family friendly is different, my son comes home two weeks ago and says, Our class got in trouble for playing Squid Games. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean you were playing Squid Games? And I said, you were just playing like Red Light, Green Light? And he says, yeah. And I said, well, what's wrong with that? And he goes, well, because we had the person that was doing the Red Light, Green Light, but next to them were two people with finger guns, and if you got seen, you get shot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I, said, and I said, how did you know to call it Squid Game? And he goes, well, my friends told me. And I said... How did yeah, they know? They're out there watching. And he says, because they wow. watched it. And I said, Jeez. They watched Squid Games? And he says, Yeah. And I said, Do you know what it's about? And he says, Yeah. And I'm like, How do they, why, why would, how do they watch this? Uh-oh. And it's, it, it's either bad parenting or absent parenting. Yeah. You know, it's either just sit down and watch Netflix. I don't care what you watch. Or it's, well, it says game in it, so I'm sure it's fine. You know, it's it's the same parents oh, that took gosh. their 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 nine year old to see Deadpool because it's Marvel. <laughs> yeah. The the euphemistic mm-hmm. take on that is, well, it's we're exposing my children to uh, South Korean filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots of death and bad language and stuff. Anyway, I have a nine year old, and that just no, I just that's too much. All right, off that soapbox. Time for for this. Okay, so I took way more notes on this movie than I intended to um, for a movie that I've seen easily 15 times now. And the note that I wrote in all caps, this is for Andrew and Sam. So Chris, you'll 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 enjoy this little story. So rewind two months back in October and we're chatting. I don't remember if we were on air or if we were in group chat or if it was after the episode, mm-hmm. but we were talking about candy bars that we like for Halloween. <laughs> and I mentioned loving a crunch bar and these two jack and yep. got all like, 
Oh, Crunch Bar, what are you, four? Blah, blah, blah. We only eat Toblerone because we're all high and mighty on our big horses and we make lots of money. Blah, blah, blah. So they were shitting on my Crunch Bar. So then Al Leong is sitting there waiting for the cops to show up and he eats a freaking Crunch Bar. So suck it, Sam and Andrew. If it's good enough yeah, for I Al Leong. on that, hoping that you caught it. Uh, and I was going to mention it earlier, but... When I saw him steal the crunch bar, yeah. I rolled my eyes out loud and thought of you. <laughs> because no one above the age of five loves a crunch bar. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. Just, how, how much did Nestle pay for that? That uh, So that was, uh, that's in the trivia. So that was actually an, uh, an improv shot. Um, basically, he, you know, the shot's just, he's just supposed to just stand there. And then he just yeah. thought it would be kind of funny. You know, because there's this, all this kind of serious moment. He just thought it would be funny if he just reached down and grabbed the, the thing. So he went to the director and said, hey, can I do this? I don't want to get in trouble with the props department. And he's like, yeah, go for it. Just do whatever. And so he just reaches <laughs> in and grabs a crunch bar. So I don't I don't know if that was an intentional product placement like the Coke is. But, yeah. Um, That's hilarious. Because there's no reason for to give him a Coke if you know you're going to shoot him in the head in five minutes. <laughs> So, um, it's like a cigarette before the firing squad. Well, that's what I took it as, right? No, that's you know, fair. Just, they knew they were going to kill him. Might as well give him a cigarette. Give him, give him a coke. No, okay, that's fair. I hadn't, I never <laughs> thought of it like that. But now yeah, you're right. <sighs> Booby. Okay. Um. But okay, I I do have a very serious question. Yeah, yeah. Why do they call it Die Hard? I've always wondered the name. It just for some reason in my mind. It, it it makes no sense. Okay. I mean, it, hard to die. Sure. You know, it sounds like a Bond, you know, a Bond uh, movie. But sure. die hard? Like, what exactly is that saying? It's saying this is a badass film and you should watch it. <laughs> Just see who comes up with die hard. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember, because this is based on a book. Um, but I don't think that then this is that the name of the book is called that either. No, it's not. Yeah, it's it's something else. Uh, I read it earlier and I've forgotten what it is. But yeah, it's not uh, not Die Hard. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, right? Nothing lasts forever. Is the uh, there you go? The novel. Yeah. There you go. Which Good. which sounds like a rom com. Well, and it I don't even does. know that. Does that make sense? Nothing lasts forever. It, Actually, that sounds like a Bond film. It, it yeah. that doesn't fit this movie to me. Like if they were to call it "Nothing Lasts Forever." Well, the story is kind of different. It's it's it, there's the the group is a legit terrorist group. Um, it's the it actually is um, a standoff that takes three days as opposed to one night. Um, mm. John McClane uh, ineffectively uh, is paralyzed at the end. Um, oh dear lord! Like he kind of loses a lot in the in the book. I think his daughter is killed, also in the book. Spoiler! Holy crap! Yeah. So uh, it's different. Um, so it's it's more like you know the Polar Express for a Christmas uh, story. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is this analogy? All right, let's ride well, this. I'm just saying, you know, stiffs. And, you know, just not, not, you know, lower extremities not working. It's kind of like Polar Express. (laughs) 
Okay. We're trying to compare it. I have no idea where you're going. Uh, usually, when you when you bring up Polar Express, it's just because of the dead eyes. I didn't, uh, but uh, yeah. I'm just. If anyone <laughs> at home has any idea what Sam's talking about, by feel free to email us. I'll send you a sticker yeah. if you can figure it out what he's trying to say. I'll, I'll interpret if I can. Uh, the the dead eyes. I've seen a meme online that was like, uh, since since. Until I became an adult, I thought that uh, these dead-eyed CGI characters were what European people looked like. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Spoilers, uh, they don't. <laughs> yeah, to our, uh, to our European listener, that uh, no offense. <laughs> Speak, and this is so random, but in our, our episode last week, we had a download in Pakistan. So we get to add Pakistan to our list of countries that's listened to our episodes. To our podcast. We're now, to... those people do have dead eyes. We're a... No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's, I'm joking. Good Lord. I'm kidding. He's, Andrew's Mai Tai. Not his Mai Tai. His hot toddy is... Uh, is uh, uh, no, we can say Amish people do, though, because they don't listen. They to don't listen, so we can offend them because yeah. they can't listen. It's fine. You can say everything you <laughs> want about uh, Unless they're on their sabbatical or whatever they call the, you know... Rumspringer. Rumspringer. Look yeah. at you pulling that Except... out. Nice. Yeah. Except for that one, uh, that one Amish actor that's really famous. Yeah, who's apparently in this story. Okay, um, so Andrew has a couple nitpicks, and I think that's okay. I think this is a nearly perfect film, but I, I do have a couple nitpicks, and that's mostly with the police. Now, I know the police are supposed mm. to be represented as kind yeah. of dumb and inept, but. And then, and I have some cop buddies that like hate movies like this because he he gets so mad saying they, they would they wouldn't do this kind of a thing. So the parts that kind of annoy me is for one when you see the teams kind of getting in position, and then Carl's like, "Hey, what what are you guys doing? You're not going in there, are you?" And he's like, "Yeah, we got to go in there." And then so it looks like there's like thirty guys mobilizing, and then it's the next shot. It's just four. It's just it's just four guys. And so I'm, I'm still trying to get the logic behind, we think there are multiple terrorists, right? Because we know at the very least there were, when Reginald, or Reginald V. Johnson, the real actor's name, but the character Carl, when his car was getting shot, he was getting shot up by like an MG-42, right? Like it was a machine yeah. gun. So mm-hmm. they obviously- yeah, four guys is all you need. Yeah, that just seemed ridiculous that it was just four, <laughs> right? So the, so the plan was to go up with the little- lock picking kit and pick the lock right so a why why are you trying to pick the lock there's literally glass on either side of you okay just shoot the glass and walk in but then you say no sean they don't want to have to damage the building unnecessarily then why bring in the car where they're supposed to drive through the building what if they were just being cautious in case somebody wasn't wearing shoes like i don't like that's my problem is that I, I, the joke is well is well received andrew but like because then they bring blowtorch guy up right welder guy whatever he's gonna cut the lock i just i don't understand and like the guy has they're sitting in the open i mean they they deserve to get shot is all i'm saying i, I just oh dude they suck oh. they sucked at their jobs oh man you're you're the guy's cover was a glass door I don't yeah. understand it. Those cops were the worst. I just it the the shot is really cool, especially when the rocket launcher shoots the the RV coming up. I keep calling it RV. That's what the hacker man called it. But you know the 
just a, I don't know what you'd call that. It was a battering ram on wheels is all it was that can't handle stairs. But <laughs> I just, yeah, the, the, the whole year assault. Was, the year was 1988 and they hadn't invented a portable battering ram apparently. <laughs> exactly. Again, it was a cool <laughs> shot. Like I understand McTiernan is like, wouldn't it be cool if like, one, we showed the LAPD as inept because we're pretty recently with the LA riots with this stuff, right? Wasn't that? Mm-hmm. Wasn't the LA riots like '86 or something? Sam, you yeah, were you were there. Time. You were watching the news and drinking coffee well, back then. That was '92, yeah. but oh, it was. soon to be because of the ineptitude, I guess. '92, <laughs> mm, okay. So. Yeah, people saw this and they were like, "Hey." Look how dumb these guys are. We can do this. <laughs> Where's Nakatomi Plaza? Right. <laughs> Let me add it. Uh, okay. Anyway, that's that's one of my nitpicks is that the cops really suck. Uh, and was, that that all. It, I mean, again, it's it 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 proves McLean right. And then we do get the cool scene with the the C four and the computer monitor, which was again, it's a cool shot how they did it. Uh, and how they did it is really cool. I'm trying to think if I captured that. I read somewhere that all the explosions in this movie were real explosions. Yeah, so yeah, so all the stuff outside was real and then how they did the C4 is basically they bought every flashbulb they could find in Orange County and they rigged them to that second story floor. So the flash that you see was a real flash from these lights and then they superimposed another explosion on top of that. On top of it. Huh. So, <laughs> uh, but so that, that light reaction is, is real. I think that's pretty neat. Pretty way to do that. Um, <laughs> I also like how this movie really hates the media. <laughs> you know, media are, are, you know, are dicks. You know, is you, that the same guy from Ghostbusters, by the way? Yes. It is. Yeah. Okay. It's out of the it way, is. Peck. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not, nice. not the guy from Willow. But yes, his name is Peck in uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> Out of the way, Peck. It would be great if Bill Murray would have said that. Yeah. No, it's the same guy. And then he comes back in Die Hard 2 and also is a dick. He's yeah. Just, That's his, he's actually credited as a dick in Die Hard 2. Yeah. He just, the, the, is it in, I can't remember, is it the LA airport? What, what is the? They're in, the, they're in Washington. They're in the Dulles airport. Washington. Okay. Yeah. But but there is Bell um, Pacific Bell uh, telephone booths um, in the shots. Okay. And the wiring when when the one guy goes ham with the chainsaw while the other guy's like down on his knees trying to clip some <laughs> yeah. wires together. It's like do not open unless you're Pacific Bell yeah. company. So I I had a question about was he cutting phone wires with that chainsaw? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Because at first I thought that that was like power and i thought if you're cutting power with a chainsaw it's gonna fry your chainsaw and and you're not gonna and you're (laughs) not gonna survive that i think it was either phone lines or security lines or data lines or something like that like it the 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 movie doesn't tell you what it is which is fine because he's he's having to like crimp stuff so it made it seem like he's he's like closing the loop so that information can't leave the building um, and I, I was under the impression that he was like panicking because he needed to make sure that, you know, whatever wires he was crimping were connected to an outside alarm. And had he not done that, if there had been, you know, a sudden failure, then the alarm would have sounded automatically. So right. 
Mm-hmm. That was the one point where I was like, these these terrorists, like for how well thought everything is, like they have every step of the way planned out, and then this guy comes in with a chainsaw. And well, it's, it's because like, well, you got seven seconds to. Figure well, it's this because out. they're brothers, right? He's just being a dick brother. right and saying like that's 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 the thing a brother would do right that's i mean legit like that's something sam would do to me is like (laughs) if i was and i've been on a job site with sam if he had hired me to wire the av and i'm sitting there wiring a speaker cable and all of a sudden sam just comes over and goes sean you have 30 seconds to finish that or i'm gonna spackle (laughs) over you and like you know i'm saying like like i could see sam totally doing that but you know like i have to put the plate on before the spackle comes by so yeah, I, I I get it. Even though I'm an only child, I understand that. Uh, it's just a brother being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, last couple notes I wrote. I, I love that the Ode to Joy is the bad guys theme when they're getting the money. I just I love that part. <laughs> I think that's yeah. great. So and uh, you said you uh, Andrew, you said Moonlight's. Uh, or I'm sorry, you said there was a pretty famous song that's in played in minor yeah, it's the, beethoven's ninth which is ode to joy yeah okay i definitely kept picking up on that uh i was i was like is this a christmas song but in like you know right. <laughs> dark side <laughs> dark yeah side no <laughs> like it you hear ode to joy sometimes and you i guess you don't really associate it with christmas um because i guess it's not really a christmas song but um, in this one, they kind of make it feel like a Christmas song, you know, yeah. I'm with you. I, I really liked that. Actually. I, I thought the, you know, the whole like Christmas motif was real strong in this film throughout. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. They I use... know that we said, we're not going to argue the fact that people debate, but, uh, I, I'm in the camp that there's enough Christmas in this to, to make this Christmas movie. Well, I mean, even the music itself has a lot of bells, you know, just kind yeah, of like that. sleigh bells. Those and... sleigh bells, they use that a yeah. lot, and it, and that really kind of hammers home just a Christmas feeling, um, just with the, you know, the musical side of things. Uh, the music, Y'all... by the way, is written oh. by Michael Kamen. Uh, we know him Michael Kane? Uh, most notably from uh, Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. That's yeah, probably our the best. Yeah, that's probably our favorite Michael Kamen joint. Um, and I recently heard him in the Highlander when I was on, uh, the sudden but inevitable podcast a few, uh, few weeks ago. And we did that movie that had Michael Kamen. In fact, I accused Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves of stealing music from Highlander, not realizing it was the same guy. Cause I was watching that. Hi- Cause I'd never seen Highlander. I'm watching him going, man, whoever Michael Kamen who did Prince of Thieves just straight up ripped some stuff from this movie. Cause it's, I mean, it's note for note. And then I looked it up. Oh, it's the same guy. He's just borrowing from himself. Never mind. <laughs> can I can I throw this out there? I really yeah. liked um, Mr. T- Takagi. Mm-hmm. I think his name is the executive that gets executed. I I don't know why this stood out to me, but I loved when uh, Alan Rickman's character Hans Hans Gruber was like listing off his you know his entire bio in front of the whole party. And he mentions that he was in a, you know, World War II internment camp. Yeah. I felt like that added, you know, like some depth to his character, added mm-hmm. a little, you know, gumption to him. And um, one other thing that I wanted to say was, uh, can we talk about Fabio rolling the hockey puck flashbang grenade 
at the very <laughs> beginning. I was like, oh, I've never seen a flashbang like that. Yeah. I honestly thought it was an Oreo. Like, I Me thought that too. he dropped a cookie or something. And I was like, oh, maybe he's just doing that to distract him. <laughs> and then it, like, blew up. And then it blows up, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not the only one. Um, yeah, that's a weird little thing, but... You know, whatever. It's it's fine. Um, it just like I understand that these guys are well financed and they have you know all these guns and whatever. The, the rocket launcher still kind of cracks me up. It's like how in the heck did they get to that? You know, it's like hey, okay, everybody's not just got a, one, but three. Yeah, they got three rockets with the launcher tube. Yeah, I mean it's not just the fact that they've got they all have MP5 submachine guns. It's just that they uh they can get a rocket launcher as well. So it's don't forget the AUG too. A little Swedish. I think it's Swedish. Oh, that's what um Blonde Fabio was using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty pretty sweet little weapon there. Um right on. Uh the last couple notes I have. Uh let's see. Uh, the part where he almost falls out of the building because the water hose has got him by the waist and he's about to slide out, that always makes me pucker my butt. I mean, seriously, like, like that scene <laughs> still affects me every time I uh-huh. see it. It's just, that is a fear of mine, is being dragged out of a tall building like, against my will. That just, that's a, ugh. That, that's one that, that gets me every time. Uh, cool. Same. I'm terrified of heights, so anytime... There's a glass window that's been shattered on a skyscraper. I'm like, uh oh, yeah, something bad's about to happen. Right. <laughs> uh, actually, here's well, a- and and by the way, that's not how that type of glass works. Um, it's it won't shatter into shards. It's more right. of a pebble. It's like a type like of- a windshield in a car, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, last couple of notes. Uh, actually, I, there was one other one that I, I thought was kind of funny. So the line when 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 John meets Ellis for the first time, right? Booby, you know, <laughs> when I watched this as a kid, and I say kid again, I was 13, 14, 15 when I watched this. I had no concept of what cocaine was. I had no idea what it was. So I had no idea that's what Ellis was doing. And just thought he had sinus problems. I did. Honestly, did. He's just in there. Just has. He's in there blowing his nose or something. Allergies. Yeah, and then when <laughs> and then when uh, John says missed some, he's letting Ellis know that he's still got cocaine on his face, right? And I, I was probably after college watching this, and I went, "Oh, now I get that That's line." Not a crusty he's talking about. Yeah, I just, <laughs> as a kid, he just I, I I just took it as I don't know what it means. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's a line that I didn't understand. <laughs> You're probably right, Andrew. Honestly, I probably thought, yeah, he he's got a, he's got a bug. He just needs to take care. Wait, of wait. It. Okay, so Ellis, so he snorted cocaine. Do you think when he asked for coke, <laughs> he wasn't asking for a can of coke? <laughs> oh, that's just brilliant! I love. I would love the idea. He sits down and says, "I can give them to you," and he gives that big smile and he goes, "Can I have a coke?" And he brings the coke can. And that would have been really great if there was this scene where he's like, "That's not what I'm." Oh. You know, like, no, oh, okay, because he does snort some before he goes in there. Like, he has to be high energy before he, he gets in there. He amped himself up, yeah. Uh, you know, in every movie, I think there's there's a character that we're all kind of happy that the guy got it. I'm okay with this death, yeah. Just saying, yeah, 100%. Yeah, oh, well, that typical 80s, you know, 
Wall Street type of attitude that just yeah. it's a character. Yeah. Yeah, I close Pretty a million I'd close five million dollar deals for breakfast. I think I can handle this Euro trash. Hey, Spriggan's the English. <laughs> Just... You know who I wasn't okay with dying, and I was actually kind of shocked was Mr. Takagi. And I don't know, like, I just really liked his energy when he was on screen the whole time. Like, he, he had a joke early on. He's like, Pearl Harbor didn't work out, so we got you with the tape decks. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> damn. Yeah. Mr. Takagi, like, coming out swinging with the, with the good jokes. Yep. Okay, I see you. Yeah, he was great. He's a good actor, and he's he's really good at it. So I do want to spend about a minute here, or or however long. We haven't talked enough, I think, about Alan Rickman and how good he was in this role. Oh yeah, this was so his good. this was his theatrical debut. This is his first film. Right? Oh really? Yeah, this is his first film. What? Okay. So there's a great bit of trivia I read where McTiernan and one of the writers I didn't see who it is. They they're watching a play and Rickman is in this play, and they saw him perform and they're like, "That's our Hans Gruber," and so they approached him to do the role and so they brought him into audition and he's like, like he felt only like he kind of felt bad about getting this role being that he had been in Hollywood for like five minutes, and then lands a feature film, um, and then he was also a little worried that he was going to get typecasted as the bad guy. <laughs> and uh, which is what I think honestly makes the casting of him as Severus Snape brilliant. It's perfect. It makes Absolutely it perfect. Just brilliant. Yep. So good. Good on you, Christopher Columbus or Chris Columbus, I should say, uh, for uh, for casting him as Snape because that's that was brilliant for discovering America. Yeah. Yep. Quote well, that, unquote. That that too. Making a <laughs> making a kids uh, sail the ocean blue. Uh, <laughs> a kids franchise and that other thing too. Yeah. Um, okay. That yeah. So yeah, Alan Rickman. So again, real quick, some of the little micro. I, again, his his American accent was funny. Oh, I'm Bill Clay. Don't shoot me. You're one of them. Like his his accent's ridiculous, but it was still great. His American accent was better than the German. Well, you're yeah, you're yeah. true. The parts that I really like from him is his, it's his micro expressions. So, yeah. like, when Theo is explaining everything and he walks into the room and sees the vault for the first time, that's just the door. Like, he is kind of in awe of a door. And he just kind of zones out. And you could see him just kind of zone out. And then you see his eyes shift back to Theo and goes, I'm sorry. You know, like, he like he has to apologize for not listening because of the door. Um, and the other part that I really love is when Blonde Fabio and Hans are talking and then Ellis comes to the door. And so Fabio reaches for his pistol on his belt. And Hans just gives him a look, shakes his head very slightly no, and then looks over at the guard at the door and just gives him the, the yes nod. And it's yeah. all just super small, even though the camera is right. Subtle. It's very subtle. And the camera's on his face, so it's, it's large movements on screen. And he's like, that's just so clever. Like, I don't have to say any words. And I just gave two orders to two different people. I just, I really love that kind of stuff. It's really great. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to say before I play clips? No, go for no. it. Yeah. All right. Covered it. Yeah. Wait, hang um, on. I got, I got a clip for you. Hang on. Oh, okay. 
Is this is this the music from my episode last week? <laughs> did you guys did you guys hear that one? No. Okay, sorry. All right, let's go on to let's go on to clips. <laughs> I don't know if you were making fun of me for 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 loading the wrong file from last week. Uh, maybe that might be me. Yeah, yeah that's okay. good. That is good. Nice. I, love I it. took I took the high road earlier. I decided I'd venture back down to the low. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you. All right. This is just says clip number one. I don't know what this is. So here you go. So Kareem rebounds, right? Feeds Worthy on the break, over to AC, to Magic, then back to Worthy, right? Two points. There you go. I like that guy. He was funny. Every time he was on camera, he was great. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's the radio lady. Uh, this, was, this was all funny. It's the same address as that fire signal. I'll handle it. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- shit, lady! Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? They have already killed one hostage. They are fortifying their positions while you're jerking me off on the radio. Now send the police Sir, back I've up. Sir, I've already ASAP. told you, this is a reserved channel. If this is an emergency call, dial 911 on your telephone. Otherwise, I'll have to report this as an FCC violation. Fine. Report me. Come the f- down here and arrest me. Just send the police now. Uh, i didn't realize it's gonna be 30 seconds long sorry but i love that whole bit it's just again uh, like how much yelling into a radio do you need to do before you're like hmm, maybe there's something wrong here yeah the cops are just really dumb in this movie yeah either that or just la is just so full of idiots with radios that this just kind of thing happens all the time i don't know (laughs) <laughs> but not in New York. New York cops are apparently unkillable and brilliant. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the, so there's a joke. So I don't know if the if our two uh, diehard virgins has seen. Have you? Have either one of you seen Die Hard Two? Then I don't think so. It's the one at the airport. No. No. I I want to say I think I have, but honestly, at this point, every I'm questioning everything that I've ever seen. <laughs> no, that's fair. They, so even in that movie, they make fun of L.A. So there's a, um, you know, McLean is at an airport. There's a couple bad guys there. He stops them from doing a thing. Then the guy who's in charge of the police at the airport, who's the dude from like NYPD Blue, he's like, "Good job, you kept some low life. I'll give your uh, commander an L.A." Uh, I call that so you should get a you know accommodation. He's like, look, I'm a cop from New York. I just moved to L.A. for my wife. Like even in that movie, they're making fun of L.A. as if like being an LAPD <laughs> is lower than being on the, you know the 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 police in D.C. is that's that's just kind of funny to me. All right, I I wanted to throw this out there, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've talked about it thus far, but. How about the guy in the very first shot of the movie who is telling John McLean how to get over flying cross country? Yeah. And you need to ball your feet up on a on yeah. a rug without your socks. I don't know why, but for what next time I fly across country, first of all, I'm doing that. And secondly, it's those small things that are just kind of like odd, like the crunch bar, for example, that I really feel like give this movie a lot of characters. So I, I love that. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I love the little details that are just kind of like off the beaten path a little bit. Well, they, they needed a reason why John was taking his socks off, right? We, we had to get him barefoot so that he would be 
we wanted to make our character more vulnerable, right? Oh my gosh. I didn't even realize I didn't put two and two together. That's why he was barefooted. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. either, honestly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love okay. that though. Yeah, the movie needed him to do it. We nugget. needed a way to get his feet off his 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 thing his shoes off without, you know, Tarantino coming in saying, We need to see your feet. But um <laughs> so that's what they came up with. Some people argue that it's really dumb. Like if you're uncomfortable in a plane, then are you still going to be uncomfortable from that plane ride after you get through baggage claim, getting on a, a, a limo, riding for 30 minutes, going upstairs, being kissed by a man, have a drink, have an argument with your wife, and then go and you know, say like, that was like two hours later. Mm-hmm. Is he, does he still... Some people call that jet lag. I, I always just looked at it as, it wasn't that he was, he, he doesn't like flying, but the... Because the guy said it's better than a hot shower in a cup of coffee. I didn't look at that as it's a way to calm your nerves. I looked at it as a way to just kind of rejuvenate your spirit. You know, you're just recharging the batteries. And so you just take your socks and shoes off and make fists with your toes in the carpet. And I've done that before, and I I can't do it because, like, it bothers my feet. Like, it basically tickles my feet, and I can't do it. But I'm I'm also a wuss, so it's fine. Don't call me weird. You're weird. Weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm contractually obligated to play this one. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. There you go. <laughs> uh, I did like this clip. <sighs> it was the night before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was stirring except the four assholes coming in the rear in standard two by two cover formation. Though they say he says coming in the rear, they shot them through the front door. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Not a problem. Um, this is a great little interaction too. I've got a hundred people down here, and they're covered with glass. Glass? Who gives a shit about glass? Fuck is this? <laughs> this is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robinson, and I am in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge. Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. Come up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. You listen to me, you little asshole. I'm a- Asshole? I'm not the one who just got butt f- on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne. <laughs> I love he says that. Oh. That's great. Uh, I, know it's, I know it's funny, but I hate every second of this. Hans. Booby. I hate that. And that was also yeah. a line he improvised. That was an improv line. Hans. Booby. <laughs> okay. I have always wanted to know what the guy on the phone says to warrant this response. This is Agent Johnson. No, the other one. <laughs> what does the what guy he say? Said, Big Johnson or Little Johnson. I want to think he says the black guy, and he says no, the other one. This is Agent Johnson. No, the other one. Like, what does the guy? What What could someone say in that half beat to elicit the response? I mean, I know it's just a punchline. It's just a joke, right? It's a throwaway joke, but it's still, you know, <laughs> just the other one. I don't get that. It's just so funny. Um, and then this is one last little joke here. I'm gonna need some more FBI guys, I guess. I like that part too. Hmm. All right. Uh, we mentioned the soundtrack before, 
And this is a really interesting thing. So at the end of the movie, there is a musical cue after um, Carl has saved the day by shooting the Amish guy with his gun. And we get this piece of music that kind of doesn't fit any other part of the movie. All right? So I'm going to play for you some of it here. So that's that's in Die Hard, right? And um, every time I hear it, it reminds me of Star Trek. Uh, yeah, Star Trek Two. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say E.T. or Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Well, those are yeah. both uh, those are both John Williams pieces of music. Um, so, uh, and James Horner did Star Trek Two. And the reason why it reminds me of, of, of Star Trek Two is because that piece of music was written by James Horner. This particular cue was written by James Horner. It's uh, in my trivia here. I, I copy this one down. The music cue when Powell shoots Carl at the end of the film was actually an unused track from James, James Horner's Academy Award-nominated score, Aliens. Huh. Specifically, the music was originally intended for a scene near the end of the film in which Ripley battles with the alien queen on board the Sulaco. Instead, an earlier music cue was reused, leaving the cue available for this film. A second music cue, music cue scored by John Scott for the movie for the film Man on um, Man on Fire, nineteen eighty seven, was also used. The music can be heard when John and Holly meet Powell at the end of the movie. So, I don't know why. I don't know if John, if like Michael Kamen, what he wrote Michael there. Okay. Uh, if uh, <laughs> if McTiernan didn't like it. And he was just like, is there any other music we can use out there that's under, you know, the, the 20th Century Fox umbrella? I, I don't know why you do that. But the music is so, I mean, it's almost jarring how different it is. Mm-hmm. You know, from Ode to Joy to... Yeah. Like, I, I literally feel like Kirk and Khan are about to get into a, a space battle. It's a very, it's a very heroic theme yeah very very much so also if you're gonna keep saying michael kane i'm gonna misquote (laughs) batman i won't bury another wine (laughs) well we we uh i don't remember what movie it was but we learned that if you want us to say michael kane with a good accent just try to say my cocaine and it just kind of like cocaine. yeah you're just like cocaine. michael kane Yep, there you go. <laughs> These are some old callbacks. I don't know when we did that episode, but there it is. <laughs> Ellis from Die Hard has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right, a little bit of trivia here before we wrap up. Um, the fictional, fictional Nakatomi Plaza is the headquarters of 20th Century Fox. The company charged itself rent for the use of the then unfinished building. Okay. Yeah. So you, kind of the IRS. Okay. The IRS is like, oh, did you? Yeah. That sounds that sounds real. Yeah. On Alan Rickman's first day of shooting, he filmed the scene where Hans Gruber first runs into John McClane. He has to make a jump off a ledge about three feet high. He injured himself when he landed and damaged some cartilage in his knee. He was told by his doctor not to put any weight on that leg. 
He had to use crutches for a week. For the rest of the scene where Hans in, is standing and talking to John, Alan Rickman is standing on one leg for the entire time and has a leg brace under his pants. Talk about a badass. I just think that's awesome. Is that a, is that a leg brace or are you, you happy to see me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the film's ending had not been finalized by the time the filming had started. One result is that the truck depicted as transporting the terrorists to the building is too small to house them and the ambulance that was later revealed to be inside it. Other scenes also lack context. The building's computer room was built before anyone knew what it would be used for. So, I just... I, I'm surprised neither one of you picked up on the fact that he drives an ambulance out of the no. same truck that they're all standing yeah. clearly in the back of. Yeah, I did miss that. It's okay. It's a- okay. And they had to fit all those rocket launchers in there. Yeah. 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 And all that ammunition. Okay, time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. Top three. Boy, this is a cool category, I think. We decided to do top three diehard-type movies. And we're just kind of categorizing. Boy, I can't say that word. We're putting this in the <laughs> category of movies where it's kind of one or you know a few versus many, and usually you're kind of in a singular place for the most part. I think that we're not, we're not hard on those rules, but I think that's uh, pretty good. Uh, okay. Uh, who goes first? Sam goes first, right? Oh, okay. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. And I've accidentally closed it out. Um, but I remember it being very easy to remember because I had uh, Air Force One on there, uh, Die Hard in a Plane, of course. I had Olympus Has Fallen, Die Hard at the White House. And then, oh, what was my number one? Crap. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to repeat it at some point, but I don't remember my number one is that's horrible. Oh, okay. You bewitched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, hold on. Flubber. Uh, uh, to- uh, toy soldiers. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Flubber. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I couldn't, I could not fit Jurassic Park in there. I wanted to, but, yeah. um, yeah, uh, not quite. No. Not quite. I'm trying to think of any, like, even just a singular scene would that work, but Mm-mm. no, not really. Okay. Um, Chris. I don't know why my voice cracked just then. <clears throat> Chris. <laughs> you, happy to, you happy to hear from me, Sean? Yes. Um, so my first would be Speed. Okay. Uh, die Hard on a Bus. Sure. And then my second would probably be... I'll see if you guys can guess what movie I'm talking about. Die Hard with a Dog? The Dog. Murdered Dog? Uh, die Hard Old Yeller. Dog. <laughs> Old Yeller. Not, um, <laughs> Turner and Hooch. I was going to say... Canine? Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. No. John Wick. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah kind of there. Yeah. Us, me versus them. Yep. Situation. Okay. Was that it? Was that all three? I can't count. 
I should have brought three, but I only had two. That's fine. (laughs) Two is fine. No problem. That works. Yeah. Don't judge me. No. You're the guest. We don't do any judging like that. I'll judge the hell out of Sam and Andrew, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, so several of mine have already been said. Olympus has fallen in Air Force One. Um, so I will uh, switch one out with... Uh, so my number one is going to now be The Rock. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, that was Nicholas uh-huh. Cage. And, That's so good. Yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I interject something for a second? Yeah, please. I, I, have to, I have to plug this. Um, my dad was an extra in The Rock, actually. That's what? cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. He was, uh, I'm a Navy brat, so he was in the Navy. He was stationed at Mare Island in California when they were filming it. And he was one of the helicopter pilots walking by before they took off um, to go land in Alcatraz. And yeah, so. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. A little cool, cool thing. He got to meet Sean Connery and Nick Cage. So That's awesome. You know, I'm a little jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, sure. No, that's really cool. That's um, that's really cool. What did your dad do in the Navy? He was actually he was a he was a chaplain, so no no flight experience. Oh. <laughs> I mean, he flew in in planes, but never flew them. So, right on. All right, that's very cool. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, The Rock is going to be my one. I was, I, I too, Sam was trying to find a way to connect it to Star Trek. There's, there are Star Trek episodes, but we typically stick it, you know, stick to movies. Uh, so there's not yeah. really a movie, uh, a Star Trek movie where it's that kind of thing. Not really. Uh, no, not really. Um, Beyond is kind of like that, but again, not really. Um, mm. All right. Uh, Twitter. I will. I will go to Twitter now. Uh, Twitter has been well. The, there, there's a pretty fun feed going on right now with a couple of listeners uh, between Jesse and Rosie, who's um, one of our, our awesome listeners. Uh, she's she's giving him shit for having that same time. It's kind of great. <laughs> um, Jesse, I love you, man. I, I give you just you know watch whatever you want to watch. Watch what makes you happy. Is all I have to say. Maxton writes in and says speed. Olympus has fallen, and he says, Olympus has fallen, die hard in the White House. White House down, die hard in the White House, but with Jamie Foxx. Cam from Green Shirt says, um, Green Shirt Podcast, a newbie's trek through uh, Next Generation. Uh, He says, Speed, The Rock, and The Raid, Uh, which I'm actually surprised, Sam, you didn't say The Raid. Um, No. I thought you think about that. I thought you've seen that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would have put the Rock before the Raid, though. Sure. I still need to see the Raid. I need to see it. I, I I've seen clips from it. It looks awesome. I just I need to watch it. Uh, Stork uh, at Besotted Geek Pod. I hope I said that right. Uh, says Under Siege. Um, and then Jesse says he's not seen the movie, but the best he can do is season six, the Next Generation episode, Starship Mine. So again, there are some other TV shows that do this, this kind of thing. So uh, oh. yeah, that's it. Thank you all for uh, participating on Twitter with that little fun uh, thing there. Oh, I'm sorry. And the Wheel of Horror podcast at Horror Wheel says the Matrix, Matrix. Okay, uh, Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> and ROTS: The Rise of Skywalker. 
No, R-O-T-S. Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, okay. Okay, sure. So it's Anakin versus children? I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure really any of those are are a diehard kind of movie, but... um, They got dark. Lord of the Rings kind of works. Lord of the Rings 2, I guess, is kind of a, a few versus many. And by few, I mean, you know, 300 versus... Well, you, you also have Return of the King where um, Frodo and Sam are going across Mordor, yeah. which is a little like, yeah. yeah but they're I can, not I killing anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was also like they yeah. were also killing all of the orcs in Mordor while they were doing it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Andrew, I didn't forget. <laughs> are you sure? Because you almost moved on. I did. <laughs> I really did. Don't I had, try to cover. I had the mouse... <laughs> On the clip to play next. (laughs) All right. Uh, So my three, I have uh, Panic Room. All right. That's a good one. And then uh, The Negotiator. Oh, gosh, yeah. Maybe. He doesn't kill anyone, though. No one dies. That's true. Um, But it's kind of him against everybody else. It is him versus the cops. He just doesn't shoot any of them. And then uh, number one, I have Home Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> that works. I love that one. That works. That's good. It's uh, the kids' version of Die Hard. Yeah. I had I had one that I brought up to you guys before we started recording, and I don't actually think it fits the you know fits the mold here. But Predator. Uh, well, yeah, I mean. And Predator is John McClane? Yeah, Predator would have to be John McClane because it's one versus a, a bunch, right? So it would have to. He's just trying to get back to his family. Is he, though? I did forget one. I don't, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but I, I did forget uh, the, the only Steven Seagal movie that I believe is watchable, and that is Under Siege. Mm-hmm. Is kind of is kind of diehard esque. It is. Oh yeah. Well yeah, and that was that was mentioned too. Yeah, that's under siege yeah, on, yeah. on a boat or on a sub. Um, and the under siege two is diehard on a train. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Uh, this is where we give our score out of ten. Um, I give this movie a score from zero to ten. And I will start this time. We're going to change things up today, and I'm going to start with Sam. All right. Um, it's a flipping classic. Um, it's, it's another one, like you said, a genre busting film. It, it came in and, and created a whole new, a whole new type of movie. I, I got to give it a good 8.9 out of 10. All right. 8.9. Andrew. I am going to go a little higher, actually. I'm going to go a 9.2. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chris. Solid 8.5. I loved this movie. And honestly, the more <laughs> it's one that like, I feel like the more I watch it, the more I'll probably like it. So after <laughs> rewatching it uh, two or three times, it'll probably graduate to a nine. But for now, I'll, I'll stay safe. That's that's pretty fair to, to say, because I mean, I've seen this movie, like I said, easily 15 or so times now. And it's one of those movies where like, it's not like I pick up on something new each time, 
But like, I don't know, like you appreciate something different. Oh, there's a great piece of trivia that I didn't mention. And I, I guess I didn't write it down because I thought this was a piece of trivia that like everyone knew. But knowing now that half the squad here didn't watch, hasn't seen the movie. So mm-hmm. when Hans Gruber is at the end of the movie and he is dropped from the building and he has this great look of surprise on his face, that's because the stuntman physically holding him to the ledge where the, you know, the camera is looking down at him, he was going to be dropped about 20 feet into an airbag, right? And so they said, okay, we're going to do it on the count of three. One, two, and they let him go on two. So he wasn't. <laughs> so the look of surprise is genuine because he was not ready. He wasn't expecting the the release. So that's why he when he falls, he has this great look of kind of panic on his face because he wasn't ready for it. So don't you hate it when you're not expecting the release and it happens? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's as, terrible. As we get older, that, that happens. A lot. <laughs> Chris, we'll find out Sorry, in about couldn't. a decade. I couldn't. Um, <laughs> anyway, I um, when I did this movie. Um, Six years ago with Steven, I gave it a 9.5. I'm sticking with it. It's a 9.5 for me. I love this movie. Nice. It's in my top 10 films of all time. Um, I was so stoked to watch it. Um, to your point, Andrew, way earlier in our episode, you talked about some bad audio work. I didn't notice it this time because, in fairness, I didn't watch this movie with the full sound system that I normally do. I was watching it on my TV in the office with the shitty TV speakers that come with the the tv so yeah yeah I, well if you watch it again which i know you will it's yeah. uh it's the scene right after he gets in the limo he gets in the limo i'll, I'll listen back yeah. for it um yeah i'll definitely do that i uh, yeah i'll do that okay that's that's the show that's the podcast that's mm-hmm. not the podcast i have something else to say gosh dang it i keep forgetting this game last week or two weeks ago the last episode our quote was i love the smell of napalm in the morning uh great quote Everyone knows it, though not everybody knows what movie it's from, but that's okay. Today's quote <laughs> is a little bit longer, and I had to look it up because I wanted to know what this then. So this is the quote game. Again, the quote game is if you know the quote, email me or tweet me or Facebook message me or text me. Uh, just say, hey, I know what this is. This is the quote. This is the movie. I'll, I'll mail you a sticker. So this is the, this is the quote. Quote, resolution number one. Ugh, we'll obviously lose 20 pounds. Number two, always put last night's panties in the laundry basket. Equally important, we'll find nice, sensible boyfriend and stop forming romantic attachments to any of the following. Alcoholics, workaholics, sexaholics, commitment phobics, peeping toms, megalomaniacs, emotional, I can't say that word, uh, F-wits, or perverts. Will especially stop fantasizing about a particular person who embodies all of these things. That's the quote. Mm, that's a long quote. It is really that, that. It might be one of the longer ones on the on the big poster there. So if you know what that is, feel free to send me a message and I will send you a sticker. All right. I mean, there's some educated guesses you can take with all that information. Yeah. I would actually be yeah. interested to hear what you guys think that is off air. All right, this is now the time where I say, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell our listeners where they can find your show because your show is hilarious. First and foremost, I want to say thank you, gentlemen, for allowing me to be a part of this. And thank you for pushing me to watch this movie finally. I 
I needed like the Game of Thrones shame bell to uh, to push me into it. Um, like it, this really is one of those movies where if you're like a cinephile, you're like, oh yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it for sure. Um, so I'm really, really happy that I actually finally watched this because it is as good as everyone says it is. But it's awesome being on your show. Um, you can find the Geek Peak podcast. Uh, we are a not safe for work. Uh, pop culture pod where we shoot the shoot the breeze and talk about all things pop culture whether that's tv movies music or video games Uh, we have a different alcoholic beverage on every episode and we review it and uh you know we don't just do reviews we do trivia we do brackets of uh for example we just recently did like disney um soundtracks or um excuse me disney songs that was a tough one because we were like pretty much ready to draw blood over like Aladdin versus Tarzan. So um, oh, Hercules is at the top, dude. Oh, uh, uh, no spoilers, <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Hercules Mulan showdown was tough. Um, but uh, yeah, at Geek Peak Pod, uh, our website is geekpeakpod.com, peak like a mountain. And uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Peak Pod, and then we also have a Facebook page. Um, come check it out. Come hang out with us. Come have a beer with us, and listen to three idiots talk about pod. pod I almost said pod culture. <laughs> pop culture. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, the episode that I listened to that I was like, I gotta get Chris on was the episode uh, you guys were doing um, retro games, some of your favorite oh. games growing up, and so like the arguments were like. Not the arguments, but you guys were talking about, you know, Goldeneye and, you know, um, uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, gosh, some of the other ones you guys mentioned. Gauntlet, I think, was one of the other ones you mentioned. I spent so much money on Gauntlet in the arcade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I was so, uh, not to go off on a tangent here, but my co host, Trent, has always been a PlayStation guy little Sony fanboy, and I've always been kind of an Xbox guy. I had an N64 growing up in a GameCube, but I've always been an Xbox guy, so me and him really go at it at times. I'm like, Halo is better than anything you can throw, and he's like, no, Spyro! Yeah. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank! <laughs> so we, ha- we have fun, and uh, yeah, come check it out. It's it's always uh, it's something. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a good time. I had a good time with it. And I was arguing with you on my phone. It was great. Um, (laughs) Not with you, but in general. Uh, All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. We are Cheap Seat Reviews. Um, Cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com is our website. Um, You can go find and listen to our original Die Hard episode, as well as all other episodes. Um, We just wrapped our Star Wars month of November. That was a great month. Um, I'm just going to be real honest with you guys. We've had more downloads in the month of November than we had in any month this year. It was a great month. Thank you all so much for being a part of that. If you uh, are new to the show because of the Star Wars episodes, I hope you stick around. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, having those guests on were great. And so we're, um, we're looking forward to a good month here to kind of end the year strong with our, with our list of movies here for non-Christmas Christmas movies. Next week, we are doing Batman Returns with uh, your Michael Keaton and your... uh, Michael Keaton. What's your name? Michelle Pfeiffer and a lot of other... Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah, Danny DeVito. 
So this time, Sam, we can mention Danny DeVito, and then you'll put Joe Pesci in the drawing, right? In the <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. I won't bury another as, one. As penguin, yeah, yeah, as the penguin. There you go. That's a fun callback to a nothing. Uh, CheapSeatReviews at gmail dot com is our website or email address. That's gonna do it. So on behalf of of Chris, thank you so much, Andrew and Sam. This is Sean saying thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for Batman Returns. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.